Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to another episode of Butterless Popcorn. Today, Adam, we're talking about... Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a comedy from 1982 that we just can't get enough of. Adam, kick us off here about this movie. Is it fair to say this is a classic? I feel like, to be honest, yes, yes, 100%. Every movie that we do, we start off with like just a classic film. But, you know, I mean, this one, this one is a classic. I I don't know. We do a lot of classics, I guess. But um, an absolutely tremendous high school movie. And, you know, you and I have talked about uh, a few high school movies in the past. And for some reason, I don't know if we, we maybe touched on this a little bit, but not to the extent that we should have. But this is right up there with those high school films. Um, A, you know, pretty solid cast. A lot of people that, you know, and we'll get into the casting in a bit, but a lot of people that really started their careers or early on in their careers in this film but I don't think you can start talking about this movie without talking about Sean Penn. So I think this was his is like second or third film ever, but it, I think it was his first feature role. And he is on, he steals the screen. Like every time he's in a scene, he blows you away. Uh, his character is so like, like simple, but he's hysterical and he's so clever and just, I, yeah, Spicoli is Jeff Spicoli is such an iconic character. I mean, when people when people talk about this movie, I mean, at least for me, it's a very subjective answer. But like Sean Penn's face as Spicoli is the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about this movie. It's unreal because he he's basically overdoing it the entire movie. Oh, totally. And it never gets old. It's so funny all the way through. Like he's such a stoner loser, and it's. It's amazing. It just doesn't go away the entire film. It is pretty incredible that, you know, Sean Penn, this is one of his first films ever, you know, plays Jeff Spicoli. And usually a a lot of guys who play roles like this, they get typecast throughout the rest of their careers. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if early on in Sean Penn's career after he made Fast Times, if a lot of uh, if a lot of producers tried to coin him as that stoner you know, kind of surfer dude in most of his movies. But like, look at the way, look at the freaking career that guy has had the exact opposite, like two time Oscar winner, just insanely stacked resume. One of the greatest actors of the last probably 30, 40 years. I mean, total opposite. But the fact that Jeff Spicoli in fast times was his (laughs) beginning is, I just love it so much. It's amazing. He probably looks back on it and smiles. He to, must. To be completely honest with you, Brett, this is the first time I've seen this movie. I, what? <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I know. I know. I was waiting to drop that bomb on you. I, I, I have it. never seen that. Um, 
I'd obviously heard of it and and knew the like general premise of it, but I saw it for the sure. first time like two hours ago. And wow, this is oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I when that. I knew Sean Penn was in it, you know, I was like, okay, I know who Sean Penn is. Like, I haven't seen a ton of his work, but I know I know what kind of actor he is. I had no idea that Sean Penn was this because I, like, to your point, I could have never imagined that that's what Sean Penn was, and so it. It kind of just blew me away, and I thought it was just, it was just hilarious because I was like, "Wait, this is Sean Penn?" Because he also doesn't come in in the beginning of the movie. You see, like, you know, five, ten characters before he arrives, and then you're like, yeah. "Holy shit, that's Sean Penn!" It, it just, it, it blew me away. That's one of the the clever things about this movie. I don't. You could argue that there is not a main character in fast times it, it depicts the lives of like these five kids perfectly like you could probably pin spicoli as one but then you could also pin uh probably stacy as the other one you could also pin rat as one too it's like there it, it it views the film views the perspective of each of these kids perfectly uh so it's just spot on with that but yeah i mean spicoli baby sean penn you would never th- you would never think Sean Penn would be this if you haven't seen this movie, but it obviously honestly shows his range as an actor. First yeah. and foremost. Yeah, it does. I, I mean I I just I still can't really believe it, but it's it's really a job well done. You brought up a good point just a second ago, because we have a point later in the podcast where we talk about, you know, placing the, the movie in the eyes of another character. Uh-huh. And you know, I always try to think, okay, so who's the normal protagonist or who's the main character that we usually think of when we think of this movie? And I, I, to your point, I was like, well, I want to be placing it in the eyes of another character, but it technically already is in this character's eyes. And it was just right, just really interesting to go through. It's like you could almost watch this movie four or five different times and kind of zero in on one of the perspectives while you're watching. Yeah, absolutely. I had a tough time with that question, too. So Fast Times, again, released in the summer of 82, uh, directed by Amy Heckerling. So the film is actually adapted from the book that screenwriter Cameron Crowe wrote after he spent a year undercover at a school in San Diego called Claremont High School. And he did it. He did that for research for his book. And the book was called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a true story just about hanging out with these kids and observing the students who went there. Uh, so released that summer on a budget of five million bucks. Fast Times garnered fifty million worldwide. I think whenever a movie hits ten times its initial budget, that's that's coin a success. Um, yeah, and one of the one of the just straight up fun facts about this movie, as you mentioned already, Adam, it was the first or earliest first or one of the early films of a lot of actors who became insanely successful. I'll just say it right here. One of our favorite guys to joke about, and I hope you noticed him when he was on screen for a split second, the Nicolas Cage. Um, I So I did not notice it. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I read about it, but I wish I could go back and just watch it and just freeze it. I would lose my shit if I noticed Nicolas Cage was right there. So he's in it. He's in it for a split second. He has zero dialogue, nothing. He's in it for a split second. It's the scene when uh, when Brad gets fired from All American Burger, <laughs> yeah. and he's in the tiff with the customer about the hundred percent guaranteed satisfaction. And so when he's arguing with this guy, it, the camera like 
flashes to two cooks in the back because they're like looking. They look up and they're like, oh, shit. And then they look, look back down. Nick Cage is one of those cooks. That's nuts. Amazing. That's, that's nuts. I mean, we talk about Nick Cage a lot. I mean, <laughs> he always finds a way in there. It's it's awesome. A, a couple, it's great. A couple other people that we've mentioned before, or actually one other, Eric Stoltz. I know, and Eric Stoltz has a pretty nice role in this movie. He's one of Spicoli's stoner friends. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's just a dude. I, I, does he even have a name? I have no idea. I, I don't think so. I, he's just like a stoner. <laughs> he's he's funny in that scene when <clears throat> him and Spicoli are on the phone, and Spicoli's like, "Dude, like, what did, what did I just smoke?" And then he's like, won't this stuff give me brain damage? And then Stoltz is like, no, nah, only if you smoke it every day for like a month. <laughs> and then he went, starts hitting his head. Takes the shoes, he's like, listen, his head. that's my skull. <laughs> so quick fun fact about Nick Cage in this movie. And then I'll stop here because Nick Cage is not important for this movie at all. But So Nick Cage was originally supposed to play Brad. But No shit. But the filmmakers gave him a background role instead because his improvisations during the auditioning process were, quote, too weird. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Did you see? There's like a pretty recent video, too, of how weird Nick Cage is. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I need to say. I don't remember. I have no idea of this existing. Okay, so I didn't send it to you, but it was something about like him setting the bar and then there's there's like an interview, and he's just like, "Let me tell you, I set the bar." And it was like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, wait, oh, I know you. You said, wait, I think you said that to me on Twitter." Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I, let, me, let me tell you, I shut. That was a good impression. I, that was really good, Adam. <laughs> I set the bar. <laughs> what is that? That that one comedian we used to love. I don't remember his name, but he was like, "You're so sexy." <laughs> Who is that guy? I don't remember. I don't remember. All I know him from is his Nicolas Cage impersonation, but it's Oh my god. Oh, but I, I have no idea what that interview was about. I have no idea what he was talking about, but I was like, this guy's fucking weird. So I can I could totally see what you're talking about with his improvisation. I don't I don't see him as a big improviser there. Not at all. Um so some other actors, Force Whitaker, awesome role in this movie, plays the scary, intimidating football player. Uh Awesome, eventual Academy Award-winning actor. Anthony Edwards, huge role as Dr. Green on ER. That's awesome, too. Um, So one more fun fact I thought was hilarious. So Sean Penn, he's he's known for to be a method actor. And when he was actually on set of the movie, he kept up the Spicoli persona (laughs) when he was off set. And then he did it so much that uh, some of the other cast members made fun of him, calling him Sean De Niro. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Could you imagine being around him if he's trying to keep that Spicoli persona just like offset? Just being around that guy? You know, we we used to talk about who would be the most annoying to work with. And I can't tell. Like, he'd be right on that line for me. I don't know if it'd be hilarious to be like, oh... Sean, there he is again. Or I'd be like, holy shit, dude. Like, shut Sean, up. Sean, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, uh, cut. Hey, Sean, I need you to do that scene one more time. We just didn't really get it right. Dude, but we had it. 
<laughs> no, Sean, what? you're not listening, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they I mean I, I. So back to just the the foundation of this movie. I saw it for the first time at uh, our good friend and uh, former Butterless Popcorn guest Jared Rosen's house when we were probably definitely too young to actually see this movie for the first time. I was probably like 13 or 14. There's a lot of movies that you were too young to see for the first time. I know. I know. I know. Well, we've talked about this when I, when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, my parents were really strict with mostly everything, but for some reason, not with the TV and movies that I watched. Got to learn those parental controls. I, I they they never had tap on that, but I saw this from such a young age, and it's one of those movies that obviously when you get older, you you definitely understand it more the more you see it. But uh, it it just cracks me up every time I watch it. We were just talking before how there are so many moments where you're just like laughing, just you know mm-hmm. you're at home by yourself right now, and you said you were cracking your cracking up this whole time. Yep. So uh, it's it's just a a great movie. It's iconic. A great comedy. Very eighties. The music in this. Oh, I was. We gotta Great talk about the soundtrack. soundtrack there. Oh my God! I mean, there's. We got the beat. We oh. got the beat. We got the beat. Yeah, there's. There's, yeah! <laughs> there's Don Henley. I'm looking at the list right now. Henley, Joe Walsh. Um, we've got Billy Squire. We got Jimmy Buffett in there. Donna Summer. Stevie oh Nicks. Stevie. I mean, there is just a list of. Don't forget. Don't forget about side one of Led Zeppelin four. Oh my God. <laughs> that so that was the part and we'll get to that in a sec but that's the part where i was like this movie's funny <laughs> that, that's that is money right there amazing amazing um adam i got nothing else left to say here do you want to do you want to get in the categories and break this down let's get into it okay adam fast times at ridgemont high favorite scene give me your nominees so as i mentioned not too long ago this was my first time watching the movie so you know, it's kind of going through, and it was probably the scenes that made me laugh the most. I mean, it is a funny movie, but um, so I'll go through them here. The first day of school, like that intro of everyone just not in the right place, they're very uncomfortable. There's that dude with all that gum. Um, who was <laughs> that? Rat. Oh, that was Rat. That's okay. Rat. Was At rat, the time, yeah. I didn't know it, though. So when I was watching, I was like, I wasn't yeah, sure right. that was. There's so much gum in his locker. <laughs> he he opens his locker and it's first like a little piece of gum and he's like trying to get it off. And then the camera goes to some other people and then it comes back to him and the gum is all over him. <laughs> it sets the tone for the whole movie. And so I, I was I was dying. I was that was great. Um Spicoli showing up late to Mr. Hans class. Uh, that was money. Um when Mike was teaching Rat about swag. You know, they're sitting in the bedroom and yeah. then he um, he was like really trying to talk him up too before Rat goes to talk to Stacy as well, which I love just like those pep talks that he gives. Stacy practicing the blowjobs at lunch with the carrots yep. with Linda. That's <laughs> unreal. Um, two more. Brad practicing breaking up with, <laughs> with Lisa <laughs> and the mirror just says big hairy pussy on it. <laughs> And he's going through his lines. He's washing it off. He's washing it off, and he's like, "No, no, don't do that." <laughs> it's I just, I just want to have my freedom. <laughs> no, don't do that. No. 
<laughs> yeah, the big, big, you spoiled one of my trivia questions. Oh no! The, <laughs> the big, the big hairy pussy is amazing. It's it's incredible. <laughs> he's he is on a roll there. I love it. And then the very last one I have, you just mentioned it, but when it cuts to rat blasting Led Zeppelin in the car when he's driving <laughs> Stacy, is when I laugh the hardest in the entire film. Because he oh, talks so about good. playing the A side or whatever of Zeppelin, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's blaring in the car. <laughs> so is that your winner? That's you that's my winner. winner. Yeah, with wow, with Brad I... practicing breaking up. That's a close second, but no, that's that's my winner. I love it. Uh, so here are mine, and actually, had a few that you didn't mention. Uh, so I had the blowjob lesson. I had uh, Rat and Damone. Mike Damone, I wrote all of them as Damone, talking in his in his room, uh, Spicoli going to class, the 100% guaranteed breakfast when Brad loses his job. I love that scene. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. That guy was such a little scumbag, though. Oh, what a fucking ass. Um, I really love Rat's date with Stacy when they go to that German restaurant and Rat forgets his wallet. That's great. They have like 12 uh, he, Cokes. Yeah, they have like, tw- they have like 12 <laughs> Cokes. They have so much food because he's just delaying it. Yeah. Um, I love when Brad gets caught jerking off in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brad, just want to let you know how cute I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Uh, I also love when... So I had that first one when Spicoli shows up late to class for the first time, but then I also love when he orders the pizza to class. That's just like, what are you doing? It's so funny. It's so random. He gives that smile. He gives that smile because he's there on time in class, and you're like, all right, he's turning a corner. And then, yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, finally, though, my winner is actually, it's, it's one of the few actual serious scenes in the movie. Uh, I love when Rat confronts Damone in the locker room after mm-hmm. all the rumors have gotten around that Damone and, and Stacy uh, had some fun together. See, I don't know. It's a great, a great, intense, fueled conversation between these two former friends, and one of them totally backstabbed the other. And uh, I think the acting is really good in that scene. Uh, I do really like that scene, and the only reason why it wasn't in one of my favorites is because it's going to show up later in the pod. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Good. we'll we'll get to that one. But so love it. That's your ultimate winner, though. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, so you go with the serious one. I went with uh, a little bit of a funnier route, but I think it's about to get a little wild here. Oh yeah. If you were to take one scene and make it into a musical, what scene is it? So I chose, uh, I think it's the second scene in the movie, second or third, uh, as we said, when Rat and Damone are in Damone's room at his house talking about the swag, how to get girls, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Rat starts with, I'm in love, I'm in love. (laughs) And Damone's like, well, I I don't even remember what Damone says after that. He's like, did you get her number? And he's like, did you get get her name? No, no. (laughs) He's like, yeah. We're not not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically Damone, Damone starts snapping his fingers and he's like, the attitude, the attitude, it's all about the attitude. And then Rat comes in and he's like, what do I say? What do I say? Do I just say to her, let's get naked? And then Damone cuts back and he's like, no, no, you don't do that. 
and he's emphasizing that it's all about the attitude and he finishes finishes it with the way you walk the way you talk it's all about you the attitude <laughs> i love it <laughs> Oh man, the snapping! You yeah. are on point with the snapping too, the whole thank way. Thank you, thank you. That's. I a... feel like I've. I feel like my my previous musical answers have been too similar in terms of the tone I go with. So I tried to mix it up a little bit with the snaps. Yeah, I noticed that with with mine too. We'll get to mine in a second, but I do want to mention when you said attitude, I thought you at first said have to. Oh, you wish. The have to. And I just the have to. <laughs> what the heck was he talking about? Um, it's a it's a similar concept, but this one makes a lot more sense. But that's that's really well done. I'm glad you I'm glad you took that scene. Um, Thank you. And so I, I did stick with the rule. I chose I stuck with one scene. You've been stuck good about that scene. lately. I'll have to yeah, I, I, I give you props for that. So Thank you. Thank you. Mine is um the scene that we just you just talked about it was your favorite scene but it's the confrontation in the locker room nice and um i don't have like the whole thing written out but basically like it would start out where you know rat confronts um mike about you know stacy and you know that's how it starts off they're just like he's just fighting like what the hell did you do like all that but then it's like everyone else in the locker room kind of joins in and instead of the part where Rat is talking about like, oh, Damone's a loudmouth, like all of that, it would just be like the, a chorus in the background going like, and then it goes back and forth between the chorus and Rat. So it'd be like, he's a loudmouth. Yes, he is. He's an idiot. Absolutely. He's a prick. No doubt about it. Mike Damone is done. <laughs> and then, I love it. It kind of kind of reminds me of the. Oh, sorry. Did you have more? No, no, that's it. But I, I, I was gonna say it kind of reminds me a little bit of your old style of what you used to do. <laughs> well, I, I, I love it. There's a reason why I used to do it that way. <laughs> um, I was gonna say that reminds me a lot of. It kind of reminds me of West Side Story with like the Jets and the Sharks. Because I kind of imagine like all the other guys in the locker room, how they're like surrounding them and they're chiming in to sing too. I almost imagine that it's like some people are, you know, on Rat's side. Some people are on Damone's side. But they're all like those guys. They're all wrapped in their towels too. So it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny I you like say that, that because good. I've, I haven't seen a ton of musicals. But West Side Story is certainly one that sticks in my head and there's definitely influence and in like every single i know i did hamilton once but like every single musical yeah. that i do is like somewhat west side story so i think i gotta change it up it. a little bit i love it well i i would honestly pick yours over mine i like your concept better there's a lot more physicality to it physicality is a good word there yes <laughs> so adam moving on uh this movie is very quotable what are some of your favorite quotes here um, I really only have four. I mean, there's a ton I could have chosen, like a million, but I, I All right. chose four. So how about a meatball sandwich, a medium Coke, and your phone number? Oh, that guy's such a douche. Ron, Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson. <laughs> what a dick. Um, what's the secret sauce? Thousand Island dressing. What's the secret sauce of Bronco Burger? Ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, make up your mind, dude. Is he going to shit or is he going to kill us? 
First, he's going to shit. Then he's going to kill us. <laughs> and then the last one is, all I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. <laughs> yes, I that's, love that. that's my winner. <laughs> I, Spicoli's quotes are just... There, he could say like, Mr. Han, can I go to the bathroom? And like, he's trying to be serious, but just because his tone, it's hysterical. Like so every funny. line that comes out of that guy's mouth is amazing. So. It's gold, yeah. I love that. <clears throat> uh, I don't think I had any of yours nice. on my list. This this might be a first for Butterless Popcorn. Um, so here's what I got. No shirt, no shoes, no dice. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's the name they gave me. <laughs> You've never given a blowjob? There's nothing to it. It's so easy. <laughs> um, what is Okay, oh, this one's longer. Well, what am I supposed to do? Go up to this strange girl in my biology class and say, Hello, I'd like to take your clothes off and jump on me. <laughs> or I'd like you to take clothes off and jump on me. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. There's no birthday party for me here. <laughs> When that guy goes and brings Spicoli back to class. Yeah. I love uh, Spicoli's little brother. Dad says you're going to be late again, you booger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's such a random dumb it's quote. So it's incredible. Um, when it comes to making out, put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4. It's amazing. My old man is a television repairman. I could fix it. <laughs> he looks at the car. It's like covered car. in cinder block. Uh-huh. Doesn't anybody fucking knock anymore? <laughs> Love that. And then my winner is, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sleeper, but uh, I love it. Six more payments, gentlemen, and this beautiful four-door luxury sedan is all mine. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that Brad where, is, first is that his first school. line? Uh, no, he might have more actually. No, there, there's there's a couple other. There's a couple like there's that scene. Like, uh, like moments before when he's driving into the school parking lot and people are like, hi, Bradley. And he's yes. sitting there in the window. He's like, all <laughs> yes. right, it's going to be good here. No, that quote you just said, though, is when I fell in love with Brad. Though. I was like, this guy oh, is awesome. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. Six more so, oh my God. so that was my that was my quote. That was my quote. But most of mine were from Spicoli, though. Oh, I mean, yeah, I can't blame you there. His his money. So I'd say the dialogue is probably the strong point of this film. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what there is in terms of camera shots, but we'll we'll get to our segment here where we do give at least an ode to the camera, so at least some kind of uh shout out to still or moving shots. What do you have here? So I have two. Uh one of them is okay and the other one I think is actually really good. So the first one that I think is okay. Uh, it's when Rat and Stacy are on their first date. And I don't know if this is as great of camera work as it is with maybe like props slash equipment. But uh, when it shows them at the restaurant, that first camera shot of them sitting at dinner, it's so funny because the chairs are massive <laughs> that they're sitting in. Uh, the chairs are massive and the table is really high. So it makes them look so small, especially Rat. It makes him look yeah. so 
tiny. And I, I don't like, I feel like just the angle of that camera shot, uh, it wouldn't be as, it, they wouldn't look that way if the camera shot was maybe from like a close up or right next to them or something from the side of the table. I don't know. Um, yeah, that is a good just, point. That, it just kind of sets that it sets the scene really well because it's just like they look so out of place at this random restaurant. Uh, and it so reminds just, you like how young they really are and how they're in exactly, high school and it's like all exactly. this shit going on. Yeah, it's that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that one. Uh, but my winner and I actually think this is a really good camera shot. It's when uh, also on Stacy and Rat's first date when they go back to Stacy's house and she's definitely trying to seduce Rat and they're sitting on her bed. And she's showing him the photo album and the camera goes down to their feet and it shows rat and his chucks. And then she's barefoot, but they're each like kind of like fidgeting with their own feet in the same exact way. And I thought that was really cute. It's like, they're both kind of nervous. They're both doing the same thing with their feet. Uh, and it just shows that they're like just young teens nervous on their date. I thought that was really well done. I I'm with you. I'm actually going to steal that and make that my winner. I do have one other one I'll, I'll call out, but yeah, it's it's really good of like you don't need to rely necessarily on the script or even like the facial expressions to show you're nervous. So, yeah, I thought that was really clever the way that they were able to show that in a like unconventional way. Right. Really good body language. So the only one I had, which is not even like a camera angle, but I just thought it was hilarious of like a still shot of of Spicoli with the bagel in his pants. <laughs> I just... <laughs> And it, and it like he doesn't take it out. It just, it just stays. It's there. just there. It's just there. <laughs> so, I I mean I just like I couldn't focus on any of the dialogue going on there. I just stared right that there's there's dude there's a bagel right there. <laughs> he is just, Jeff Spicoli is such an iconic character. Like you don't see. There's there I don't know. There's never been another character who do, does shit like that in a movie who talks like that, who has that personality. Cause he's just like a sweet hearted guy who's just a stoner, but he's so nice to everybody he yeah. meets. Like he's not a dick at all. Like he's just a super genuine, nice guy. Who's just a stoner and just, just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that bagel is so fun. It's just there. <laughs> it's so it's just funny. in his pants. It stays there. Yeah. That's great. So Adam, uh, this movie, it doesn't, have the worst smelling farts ever but it's a little gaseous uh what do you got in terms of movie farts here i have five pumps of gas on this one more than me yeah the first one is the first date with ron johnson it's not even a date they don't even try to do the date part they just go right to having sex it's like you know like wouldn't there be a little bit of like smooth talk like they're just like hey we're gonna do this let's just go Let's go right. You know, I mean, we live in we live in 2020 where dating apps are a thing, and it is very common for people to get together on dating apps just to hook up. So, yeah, fair. Um, you know, thought maybe Stacy would like a little bit she was of a looking wine for something and a more. Yeah, but sure. But okay, just a minor fart. So we're we can minor barely fart. smell it. We can we think we hear it, but we don't <laughs> smell it. So, um. Second one, again, not too smelly, but uh, Mike and Stacy have sex. No cleanup. Zero cleanup. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, he just yeah, puts on his really pants and gets skedaddles out of there. I'm like, well, okay, Demond, like, let's be a gentleman Zero here. Zero cleanup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good call. 
Yeah, I mean, we know why there was no cleanup. It went straight to the baby, I guess. But oh wow, yeah. Um, and speaking of that, this is where it starts to get more, more gassy. The whole abortion thing was like super easy. You know, like yeah, sh- yeah. Could have been, could have been like a struggle or deeper there. And like, obviously, that's not the point of the movie. But I was just like, all right, well, abortion. Let's, uh, here it is. Right, like the whole abortion saga is like seven minutes yeah. of the movie, something like that. Which is like, it's good. I don't want that to take over the movie. But I thought like it was like Damone was convinced in like forty seconds. It's like, all right, and then it was problem solved. Except he didn't show up. But whatever. It has a fucking show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, two more here. So, how? I guess why are Linda and Stacy friends? I never really. They work at well. They work at the pizza place. Yeah, together. they work together. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really see that as enough. They they were like best friends. I just thought it was like because isn't Linda a senior? Linda, I don't know if Linda's a senior, but she's definitely older. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. The the pizza place is a loose correlation but it's like they don't have any other friends but sure um sure. i'll take it but then the the last one is the one that really bothered me and this is where it's actually really smelly and there might be a little bit of poop that came out but <laughs> uh, how how did mr hand get in spicoli's house and how the hell did he swing it to make him actually do work outside of school hours how do you do that well okay to answer your second question we don't really know what the hell happened when they when he was sitting in Spicoli's room, he just like says, "Take out a book. I'm gonna take up eight hours of your time," and then it goes to, and it like cuts away and then cuts back and then they're done. Well, so no, we don't like, know if it, Jefferson was like, "No, that's bogus, man." Oh, that is true, actually. So I guess he did learn. Um, I mean, Han must have smooth talked Spicoli's parents for sure, being like, "This is the deal. Your son is not going to pass my class unless I do this." You know, so yeah. I mean, if I were parents, I'd be like, "No, figure it out during school hours." What the fuck are you doing? Go home. I guess, yeah. Kind of, kind of dicey. Uh, Cassidy and I were watching that, and she was like, "That's totally illegal." Yeah, no. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie that do not age well and are oh no, of um, course not. Very questionable throughout the film. Yes. So, though, so that's your your most gaseous. Fart. That is my smelliest fart. Yep. What do you got? How are we supposed to believe that Mr. Hand actually passes Spicoli? Because, you know, at the end of that interaction when he's at his house, uh, he's like, don't worry, Spicoli. I think you'll just get by. But Spicoli, there's a thing. Spicoli never shows up for class really on time. He, we, we are never led to believe that he's actually like passed a test or like has done an assignment. He makes funky designs on the Scantron when he's like doing, he's doing that test. Like this guy shouldn't pass any class. No. So how, you know, maybe he is an okay student and he just slacks off sometimes, but like that wouldn't fit his character. I don't understand how this guy could pass the class. Even if Mr. Hand does come over to his house, I, it, it baffles me. I just don't know. It's eighties high school, man. People get I away with so. shit. I know. I, I love all those scenes where it shows everyone cheating. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's cheating. It's really funny. Uh, Adam, let's take a quick break before we get into our next segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Bike Bubbles, the best protector while locking up your bicycle. 
U-shaped locks and cord locks are only so strong and protect your bike from theft for only so long. With bike bubbles, your bicycle sits inside a 10 by 10 foot plastic bubble that also possesses an electromagnetic field that shocks intruders. The personalized settings allow the bubble to know exactly when it's you who's coming back to your bike and not some petty thief. Go to bikebubbles.com and use the hashtag Butterless, that's B-U-T-T-E-R-L-E-S-S, the name of this podcast, for your first discounted order of Bike Bubbles. Bike Bubbles, the only true protection. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking about fast times at Ridgemont High, and Brett, it's time for our second segment, and I think it's kind of our favorite, I don't know about you, but it's my favorite question, who is the biggest asshole? It is one of my favorite questions that we do. Maybe my first or second. Hard to decide. That and farts. I love the farts. No, the farts are great. Um, so I have two nominees. This is tough, uh, but I think I have a winner. So my first nominee is the guy who gets Brad fired. That guy's such a douche. He sucks. Uh, he he hated his breakfast. Or Sorry, he said his breakfast was not amazing so he wants to get his money back but he ate almost all of it uh and he starts calling brad a moron and brad is just trying to do his job he gets him fired bad uh but i decided that guy's not my a-hole of the movie my a-hole of the movie is mike damone because you have to you have to judge the person by their actions and out of every action that every human in this movie takes Ditching Stacy when he's supposed to take her to the abortion clinic and helping her pay for it is the biggest asshole move of the whole movie. And that right there overpowers everything else anyone else does. So it's Damone. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid point. I mean, he you parlay that with the fact that he fucked his best friend's crush. Right. Oh, I, t- <laughs> I totally left that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so not only does he have sex with his best friend's crush, he knocks her up. He tries to get out of the abortion, and then he physically just avoids taking care of her, both monetarily and physically driving her to the clinic. It's gross. Oh, he tries to yeah, he tries to like blame them having sex on her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like he's it. like, you wanted it more than I did. <laughs> you wanted it more. And she, it's like, Jesus, dude, are you? Oh my god, like huge a hole. Yeah, no, that's that's bad. I'm I'm with you. I can't. You know, especially after talking about that, I can't, you know, put someone else up as the biggest asshole. The other person I considered was Mr. Hand. You know, I know yeah. he's like just trying to be like a good teacher or whatever, but he's yeah, he's kind of a dick. Like C D <laughs> F F. You know, he gave away his F. pizza too. Like that guy paid money for the pizza. I just I don't know. He he's just kind of a dick, and I don't think he needed to be. Although I know he wanted to be strict, but no, I mean, Damone, come on, that's yeah, that's bad. That's it right there. That's bad. So Adam, if Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, was placed in the eyes, so okay, so background reference. We just spoke in the beginning how there really is no single protagonist of this movie. Uh, but that said, if if you had to place this movie in the eyes of of let's say one of the characters. Right. How would that plot unfold? It would be Mike Damone. So nice. It's, you know, Mike grew up in a troubled family. 
I can't <laughs> as they all start as they all start off. <laughs> they always do. From here, we either go two routes. We go one where someone finds themselves, or <laughs> or we go the route of just a girl settling down with her dream guy. <laughs> and so, most uh, likely, sometimes it's both. But anyway, but Mike grew up in a troubled family. He constantly dealt with verbal abuse, um, but he did his best not to show it in school. He didn't have a lot of friends. And in fact, his only friend really was his friend Rat. Um, but the one thing he did have is the swag when he talked to the ladies. He just knew <laughs> how to talk to the ladies. <laughs> and, you know, getting girls was his escape. And, you know, really keeps moving him forward. And, you know, he's coping. He's getting by just enough. Until one day, he just can't resist the touch of one girl in particular. And so uh, the movie basically goes into the mind of Damone even deeper, where he has to weigh the decision. Does he risk losing his only friend? Or does he do the right thing and just go home? That's deep. I like it. I have that him. Sounds like a, that sounds like a drama. It is kind of a drama, and I actually yeah. have him choosing the right thing and going home. Good, good. Yeah, he's he's a good guy in this version. See, that's the thing. Like, okay, so we I know we just both pinned him as the biggest dick. You know, you you like you want to believe when watching this movie that Damone has a good heart and he has good intentions, um, but he just can't carry those intentions out at all like he just kind of lets making money or getting the girl like take the lead he's so close to breaking through yeah it's almost frustrating he really is yeah he really is so i like that though that's really good yeah it's uh yeah it's not realistic because he's a big asshole but anyway (laughs) what, what do you what do you have uh so i went a little different route i chose arnold um brad's friend who used to work at bronco burger love that kid yeah he's really funny he's really good um so arnold hates his job at bronco burger uh he's been there for a couple months and you know abusive management uh the food is so greasy that gets dirty in the fryers he he wants out so first day of school goes up to his buddy brad and he says, Brad, you know, I know you've been working at that All-American Burger. Like, you're, you know, one of the top cashiers there. You want employee of the month. Can you help me get a job there? I really need out a Bronco Burger. So Brad gets him in. And all is going okay. Brad's kind of mentoring him there. But then Brad loses his job, <clears throat> and Arnold is stuck. Arnold doesn't know what to do. Uh, he feels totally lost without Brad there to guide him at All-American Burger. Um, so now all the pressure is on Arnold, too work his way up, impress management at his new job, and to really kick ass. And at the same time, he has a crush on Brad's ex-girlfriend who also works at All-American Burger. So Arnold is in a little bit of a pickle here. He's got to, obviously he's going to work hard, try to do the best he can at All-American Burger. He wants to win Employee of the Month. But he also wants to pursue this girl. And she's kind of interested in him, too. She likes that he's kind of quirky and eccentric. 
but he doesn't want to betray Brad who got him this job in the first place. And Brad is really down in the dumps now. He lost his job. He lost his girlfriend. Um, Really, so really, can Arnold get his act together and stop burning burgers like he was earlier <laughs> and instead get the girl of his dreams and become the leader of a restaurant while being loyal to his friend? He's in a little bit of a, a pickle there, and it's just him figuring stuff out. I love it. I So two things. I really love this scene when he approaches Brad at the first day of school and like nervously asks him to get him a job. I think that's hilarious. It's pretty funny, yeah. And then... The one way, I don't know how you saw this plot unfolding, but when, when you were done reading it, I was thinking it'd be hilarious if, what's his name, Arnold? I don't even know. What's, yeah, <laughs> okay. Arnold, yeah. If Arnold just becomes like a huge dick. <laughs> like <laughs> Huge transformation. It's like, sup, Brad? Fuck you, man. <laughs> he's, just, he's, <laughs> he's got his girl and he's just like a complete show off with it i think that'd be hilarious if he just turned that into that funny. and then brad would be like arnold i got you that fucking <laughs> job and now you stole my girl yeah yeah that'd be that's money pretty good oh i love that it would be money <laughs> oh that's good okay brett so let's let's use our imagination here a bit more which actor or actress would you like to see replace one of the stars in the movie i have so Sean Connery replacing Ray Watson as Mr. Hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Sean, Please explain. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Who's with your mother last night for back? Sean <laughs> Sh- Connery. Uh, I just... I just think I just think Sean Connery would be a really funny Mr. Hand because yes, one reason because the way he talks is just hysterical. But uh he could be that tough older teacher. I think he'd be great at it, just flat out. And he's a bigger name. It would attract more attention to Mr. Hand. Um he'd be a little more of an intimidating guy. Obviously he's a he's a taller, more intimidating looking guy. Spicoli. What are you doing in my classroom, Spicoli? Spicoli. Spicoli, are you going to pass my class, Spicoli? I don't know, Spicoli. I just think it'd be really funny. I I don't know, man. Oh man, that was I really, way I th- out of left field. <laughs> I th- I think Ray. By the way, I think Ray Waltson, who plays Mr. Hand, is fantastic. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. But but I saw. But I thought of this, and I and I just went for it. So Sean Connery is Mr. Hand. Give it to me. Sean Connery. <laughs> Mo, that's what your mother said last night, Oh my God. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Um so mine was I know we love him. Um replacing Judge Reinhold playing Brad would be Michael O'Keefe, who plays Ooh. Danny Noonan yeah. in Caddyshack. Baby, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's um, a good pick. He's just kind of like that quirky, lanky, like, you know, self confident, you know, smooth talking, but also like weird at the same time kind of guy so yeah he's kind of kind of nerdy but like people but he's kind of nerdy but also like 
thinks he's cooler than he is. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like that. that's a good pick. So I had that, and then I had one honorable mention, which is Ooh. I kind of broke the rules on this one, but hey, please, no worries. Replacing Brian Backer as Rat would be Ben Stiller thirty years ago. Just because he kind of looks like him. <laughs> so he does look like him. He does. <laughs> but it's like kind of like um, along came Polly, I felt, a like a little bit. Ruben very, Pfeffer. That is very Pfeffery. He's like awkward. You know, Ben Stiller plays a really good, like awkward, like Greg Fokker too. He's just like an awkward, um, uncomfortable dude. Um, I mean, there's we can name like five roles of Ben Stiller that that he does that in but I, I i could just see him i mean he's a little older but if we went you know at the time well i guess yeah i guess you'd have to like fast forward for him to be in the movie at that age but but yeah i think it'd be i think it'd be funny i that's a really good pick see like i think the reuben pfeffer comparison is good because i could totally see rat having diarrhea on that date with stacy <laughs> like that is not out of left field like if someone wanted if someone said that's in the movie as like a deleted scene yep i would i wouldn't be surprised i'd be like that's fucking hilarious <laughs> if i would have known your grandmother knitted that <laughs> <laughs> the loofah or the loofah yeah the loofah oh man 55 54 53 yeah <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. so good i love that honorable mention um all right, Adam. Here's a question, and uh, this this one this one's if you thought my Sean Connery was out of left field, this one might be a lot of left field too. Uh, would Fast Times at Ridgemont High be better or worse with Whoopi Goldberg in it? Oh man, I, it's tough because of the way that we frame this question is like better or worse. And it's so hard for me to say that a movie would be worse with Whoopi Goldberg in it. She's incredible. Um, I really can't find a role for her in this film. And I really hope you can because I, I want to find a spot for her. Um, but to, yeah, this this one was out of left field. This this one I really struggled with. <laughs> so, I mean, I... I I think it would be better. I just, I need help finding what she would be in this movie. I ho- hopefully you can help me out. Um, you know, unfortunately I can't help because, <laughs> oh, no. I, because I, I couldn't find a spot for her either. I love, I love me some whoopee. I love me some whoopee, but like, yeah, I, I just have no idea what, like what, she would do or who she would be in this movie. Even if you said to me, like create a character, I don't even know like w- where she would be or what she would do. Cause like, <laughs> we don't, we don't see any of these kids, parents one. Mm-hmm. Um, the only teacher we see is Mr. Hand. Uh, so it's like, we only see like two adults and two or three adults in this movie. And she, the rest she, are just these kids. So unless yeah. she, so unless she was one of the kids, I don't know. I mean, I I picked Whoopi for this category because Whoopi's great, and I wanted to see if we could try to fit her in here. But uh, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, she could be maybe someone's like sister or something, maybe. like an older yeah. sister. But like, I want like you know, she she's way too good to have been the nurse at the abortion clinic. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, cause that will, that woman's an adult, but like she's too good for that. I mean, maybe there could be another teacher. Like if let's say Mr. Hand. Okay. What if Mr. Hand was a woman? What if it was what if it was Miss Hand or Mrs. Hand? Ooh. And instead of and instead of Ray Walston, it was Whoopi Goldberg. I could see Whoopi Goldberg like funny, but also like impl- like having the discipline aspect to yeah. her. She's yeah, she's like, "Come on, Spicoli." <laughs> yeah, that would, I, okay, I'm on. What board are you there. doing ordering pizza in my classroom? <laughs> like, I could see that. I am on board, and then the assistant teacher is Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miss, Miss Hand, uh, I think Spicoli cheated on the test. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so man. it's settled. It's settled. Miss Hand. Miss Hand or Mrs. Hand? Mrs. Hand. Yeah, let's get her married. Yeah. It's got to be Mrs. Hand. Mrs. Hand played by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm it's glad. Official. I mean, way to go. We we found a spot for her, and, and it feels good. <laughs> I I don't know if we found a spot for Sean Connery, but you know we'll we'll get there. Um, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go watch all of those clips of the uh, oh, SNL Sean Connery. It's unreal. Um, let's get to some trivia, Brett. All right. So um, I have I think five questions here. Um, let's let's just go back and forth. You, you can start yep. with the first question. All right. My first question for you is. Uh, in one of the first scenes when Damone sells Van Halen tickets to a couple of kids, how much does he charge per ticket? 20 bucks. He tried sneaking in a 25 there, but he charges 20 and they were going for 1250 a pop, by the way. Very, very nice. Yes. Perfect. You got it. One for one bonus points. All right. So, um, I'll start easier. Where do Stacy and Ron Johnson go to have sex? Oh, it's the point. Yeah, the point. Okay. It's the point, baby. What else what else is there to do at the point besides, you know, your thing? That's it. That's it. What do you mean? We've been going for two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want sex to be a tool, Bradley. What do you mean? We've been going for two years. <laughs> oh my god, I love Brad. <laughs> I know. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I'm up. Okay. Um, so according to Linda, when a guy, you know, when he ejaculates, how much comes out according to Linda? A quart. Yep. <laughs> I, I laughed pretty hard at that too. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that is vile. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so we talked about Zeppelin. What song does Rat put on for Stacy in the car? Oh, it's Cashmere. Oh, I love that song. That makes it so much better because it's such an insane riff when it cuts to that scene. I know. I wonder if like, do you think Damone told him that to like fuck with him? Or do you think Damone is just this twisted guy who loves to seduce women to that music? I don't. I think he's legit. I mean, he's a huge. He's a huge music guy. So maybe he's like, as shit works. <laughs> yeah, I. I think we would have found out, or it would have been a little more obvious if Damone was purposely screwing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, so, what is Rat's job? 
he's the assistant to the assistant manager at the box office, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's something I didn't even pick up on until I watched it just now. Um, Unreal. Have you seen, are you an office fan? The office? Uh, not, not huge. No. Okay. Well, Dwight is like promoted from assistant regional manager to the position of assistant to the regional manager. And it reminded me of, of this movie here, but it's (laughs) such an insane job. (laughs) That's really funny. They refer to rat as an usher also, uh, which probably the same thing i guess yeah but uh, but no when 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 damone calls him the assistant to the assistant manager <laughs> i lost my shit that it's funny so too because he's like talking him up he's like you're an assistant to the assistant like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because linda's like stacy why would you go out with him he's an usher at a movie theater and then it goes to mike like and and damone's like dude you got it all you're the assistant <laughs> to the assistant manager <laughs> Oh my god! One other like quick thing on that. I saw a Jerry Seinfeld stand up once, and I don't remember. I honestly can't remember if it was him or whoever opened for him, but it had the funniest bit on that person at the movie theater ripping your ticket. He's like, <laughs> "Okay, you get the ticket, and then they rip it right in front of you." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Well, hey." <laughs> like, that's my ticket. It was so funny. What if I wanted a souvenir? (laughs) Why are you ripping my ticket? Yeah. So it was so funny. Um, So I was just cracking up for a number of reasons at that part. Um, A couple more. What was the final score of the Lincoln game? Oh my God. Yeah. I took it to the next level right there, but. Fuck, you did. Um, oh, jeez, it's like some insane amount. It, it's like, um, like forty-two to zero. It is. It is yes! forty-two to nothing. <laughs> oh my god! I don't. I totally guess. I mean, Charles I re- Jefferson probably has like fifty oh. tackles, but well done. Wow! I told. I knew it was like some huge score to zero, um, and forty-two is like a logical football number. Yeah. So wow, nice job! Oh yeah, wow, totally guessed that. Great, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that. Nice. Um, okay, my last one. We already we already talked about it, uh, but it's just amazing. Uh, what phrase is Brad cleaning off the mirror in the bathroom at his restaurant when he's rehearsing his breakup lines? Big hairy pussy. It's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I just need my freedom. No, don't do that. No. no <laughs> and then she breaks up with him, which is incredible. Oh, it's perfect. The exact same line. In the, yeah, the same way. And you see the look on his face when she does it, and he's like, well, I had this coming. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have, uh, I have two more. So. All right. Bring them on. Bring them on. What's the name of the pirate place that Brad works at? Oh, man. Man, you went deep on these. I don't know. I really have no idea. I think it's uh, Captain Hook's Fish and Chips. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, original. Yeah. And then the last one is a little subtle, um, but I wonder if you could pick up on it, if you picked up on it. So when Stacy confronts Damone to say that, you know, she needs an abortion or she's pregnant, what ticket? To like what show 
is Mike trying to sell when she approaches him? I, d- I know this. I, d- I do know this. This is one of those that's on the tip of my tongue. Um, hold on. Oh, my God. And he's like, starts dancing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Stacy, I'm doing business over here. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, I won't take up too much time. Um, Okay, let's see. Van Halen is earlier in the movie with the kids. Mm-hmm. He tries to... So Charles approaches him about Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets. Um, fuck. Tell me. I don't know. It's going to kill me. It's cheap trick. Oh, so- no! Oh, so he, he starts doesn't singing because he starts singing. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. And he's like, the oh, dream man. police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. I just see him all way. Yeah, he's a great salesman. Fuck. And she, what did she say? She says like, oh, that's so old school. Yeah, I don't. Or she says, I don't yeah. remember, but he's just like, think about it. <laughs> ah, fuck. Good one, Adam. You got me on two of them. Damn. Yeah, that was. We had some good trivia questions there. Oh, we did. Those were great. Let's uh, let's take a quick break before our final segment when we close this one off. Today's episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by the Open Face Trash Can. We all know the worst part about throwing away our garbage, having to pick up the lid. If you've never understood why trash cans have a lid, you're not alone. Are you going to lift the lid up with your fingers and risk getting yesterday's mustard on your hands? Yuck. Or how about using the foot latch to pop open the lid? That rarely works. So switch to the open face trash can. You'll get all of the benefits of a trash can with none of the hassle. And that's not all. The open face trash can's patented design allows for constant airflow, so you never have to worry about having a smelly trash can. The cage-free stench is now free to roam around the house. Talk about a two-for-one. So next time you throw away your popcorn because there's too much butter on it, Try using an open face trash can. Garbage made simple. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show, Adam. This is our final segment. First category here is plot what ifs. What do you have for Fast Times at Richmond High? Just one interesting one here. What if Linda liked what she saw when she walked in on Brad? <laughs> wow. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, She comes back after hours and sneaks into the apartment or sneaks into the house and starts hooking up with Brad. And like they clearly start a secret relationship because obviously Stacy can't find out. I like it. I think she just goes right for it right then. I think she's like in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Mm hmm. I love it. Yeah. That would, man, you know, Brad really needs to catch a break. I, I, like I kind of feel movie, for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. The whole movie, he doesn't ca- like, he doesn't do anything wrong. And the whole movie, he's just getting fucked. He's like the only one to not have sex. I know. It's brutal. <laughs> even, even though he says in the beginning to Arnold about his girlfriend, this, 
The sex is great. <laughs> Want to go to the point tonight? <laughs> Two years. <laughs> that's a really that's a good one, Adam. I, yeah, I love it. Even though, um, yeah, despite being friends with his sister, mm-hmm. there's been worse worse things were done in this movie. So uh, I dig it. Oh yeah. So mine for you is, what if Rat and Stacy have sex on their first date? So instead of like when they go back to her house and Rat, you know, gets a little nervous and he leaves, what if they have sex? Do they automatically start dating or something? Does Rat become this huge asshole because he had sex finally? Like, you know, what happens there? I think they start dating. Um, and I don't think he becomes an asshole. I think he's like definitely got this sense of confidence to him but one thing that for sure doesn't happen is Damone hooking up with Stacy so I mean she doesn't get pregnant like all of that stuff works out for her but uh, yeah I think you know he might be a little bit of a dick and you like maybe talk back to Damone a little bit more like stand up for himself like he did in the locker room but yeah I think they start dating and start a pretty prosperous relationship there uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I saw this going, too. I like at the end when it says, you know, when they have like that little uh, uh, that little epilogue where it like tells what each character did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says Stacy and, and Rat are in a loving relationship, but they haven't gone all the way yet. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Doesn't. um Oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. The, this really obscure one that I noticed was Spicoli. um saved Brooke Shields from drowning yeah. and then ditched his 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 money on a uh, Van Halen performing at his birthday party or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> of course, Damone gets screwed with that one. His is like he gets pinched for like selling tickets illegally or something and he ends up working at a 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not even what he's doing is not even that bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Something happens where he ends up working at 7-Eleven. But it's funny because earlier in the movie, he references, like, Mm -hmm. I could have gotten caught or something. I almost ended up working at 7-Eleven. Yeah, I did pick up on that. But this was before StubHub, I guess. So, you know, he he was a businessman. Probably made bank. Yeah, he probably doing it at school. (laughs) See, that's definitely trouble. That is questionable, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so enough of the what-ifs. But... Brett, if you could just redo the entire movie in a different genre, what genre would you choose, and then how would the plot unfold? So um, I went very simple here. It's very simple, very short. Just try to picture this. The exact same movie, the exact same story, plot, dialogue, everything, but it's a cartoon. It feels big mouthy, and I like it already. It, it it does. I did think about that. It feels kind of big mouthy, just because it's like the kids at school and everything. Um, but like, I think this is this would make an amazing cartoon. This would be good. I would. I would really like Spicoli. Spicoli's character as a cartoon character would be incredible. Because you can make him just look even more ridiculous in like cartoon form and everything. Like it would just be exactly. It would be so over the top. Like I mean, it already is, but. Yeah, and then like all of Brad's little like costumes or not costumes, but like his his uniforms at all the restaurants he works at. I just feel like those would look really silly in animation. That'd be great. That is funny. Wow, I mean that's kind of out of the box because these you know they're they're 
teenagers. They're they're in high school, so you don't think of a cartoon, but right. I'm down. So animation, I guess, or animated film. That's my genre. Yeah. No, I am. I'm. Look, I'm a huge Big Mouth fan. I love it. Yeah, so I mean, great. yeah, I I can't can't disagree with that. Um, so what do you got here? Mine is a teen drama, and so yes. love teen. Drama. <laughs> you know, so easy. They're so hot right now too. You know, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are. It would be kind of kind of like Euphoria, honestly. HBO, the show. Um, I love that show. Where like everyone has their own issues, so. Stacy and Damone are dealing with, you know, this abortion issue and pregnancy scare. Ron Johnson finds out he committed statutory rape. Um, wow. Yeah, that's heavy. Oh, wow. Brad that is, is in heavy. love with his sister's friend. And so it's just like all of these things that, you know, they're all kind of fighting their own internal battles and um, battles with the other characters. And they're kind of like all somehow loosely intertwined. And so... It would come together similar, like I said, like Euphoria, but um, just a ton of drama in the in the film. I like that a lot. I mean, that sounds like it would work really well because a lot of these characters do have shit that they're dealing with on the side. Mm-hmm. So that's a great touch. I dig it. Yeah, we would put you know Sean Connery in there somewhere too, but uh, I'm not sure where. Maybe he'd be uh, a therapist. Come on. The th- a therapist or Damon's uh, abusive father. <laughs> or the judge of the statutory rape case. Oh, my God. Ron Johnson, <laughs> you had sex. You had intercourse with a girl who is underage. I sentence you to no less than 27 months <laughs> in a federal penitentiary. You should have done an. <laughs> should have done an older woman like Trebek Schmam. <laughs> that's that's one of the best SNL. Oh, so good. It's amazing. Um, Adam, moving on. Uh, Mount Rushmore time. So, does Mount Rushmore, or excuse me, does Fast Times at Ridgemont High make the Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore. Wow, I can't even speak tonight. For anyone involved with the film. I put, yeah, for quite a few people. So Sean Penn, this is, to me, I have not seen a lot of Sean Penn, to be honest with you. I I know who he is. Um, He is the single greatest card in Cards Against Humanity. I I, I don't know if you've ever, real quick, real one real quick story on Sean Penn, Cards Against Humanity. Have you ever played with an imaginary person? I mean, obviously you'd have, play with some real people but like one person's like imaginary in cards against humanity i have not no all right well well we play and you know it's a group of like four people and then the fifth person will be a person called rando cardizian and it's just (laughs) they just pull a random card anyway there was one question that was you know after the earthquake um sean penn brought blank to the people of haiti (laughs) and we all put down our cards and someone put Sean Penn, and we were like, this is the single greatest play ever. And we're like, all right, who took it? Who did it? And it was silent for a good 30 seconds. And then we realized it was Rando Cardizian played <laughs> the greatest card you could ever play in Cards Against Humanity. It was Sean Penn. So so, so when you have a Rando Cardizian, you just deal 
seven cards, right? And then when you like, you just take one of their random cards face down and just put it in the middle. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you have the judge and then everyone puts their card on, you know, in the middle. And then you just yeah, right. you take one from the draw pile, throw it right on there. Nobody looks at it. You shuffle them up and you read and, and you see who wins. And I'll, the, the game is so ridiculous that Rando Cardizian is usually a pretty solid player. That, that doesn't shock me. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. though. That's a great uh, Sean Penn story. So yeah, that that's, that's about all I got, but I also love him and secret life of Walter Mitty. That's like a, I know you and I both love that. Oh, film. he is good. And he is good in Walter Mitty. That's a great, like, oh, wow. That's a very good, uh, a, you know, sneaky, good Sean Penn performance. Yeah. And I also love him in curb. <laughs> Because in the most oh recent God. season, what didn't he have like a spite yeah. store or something? I think he he, he, had, he opened a a, a a bird shop, yeah. a spite bird shop. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, yes, Sean Penn, yes. Um. Jennifer Jason Leigh, yes. Um. I don't know if you've seen White Boy Rick, but she's in that. It's. it's I have a, no idea what that is. It's, it's it's an okay movie. Um. Judge Reinhold, yes, uh, absolutely He's so love good. This. Do you remember? Do you remember him? Uh. In in stripes a movie we just recently covered so i was you know i was watching i know he's in beverly hills cop so yeah. you know that's that's like the first thing to think of but when i was watching i was like i recognize him and i i know i recognize him from something i can't put my finger on and i i paused the movie and looked at imdb and i was like holy shit he's elmo like that's yeah. him from stripes so yeah drugs <laughs> drugs yeah that's him it's like the same it's a very similar character in a way like their mannerisms for sure so um and then i put the director amy amy heckerling um this was actually i think her first directing gig um correct me if i'm wrong but she also did european vacation which so good um I, to me of all the vacations that's my least favorite uh pretty easily to be honest but i mean still a job well done and then Cameron Crowe, yes. Uh, he also did Jerry Maguire, which I, I love that film, but I had to mention yeah. him as well. Yeah, I mean, I won't repeat too much. Uh, you know, I'll just say some of the big ones. So Amy Heckerling, freaking awesome. So she's got Fast Times. She's got European Vacation. Clueless, which is an amazing high school movie. So fun. A great Paul Rudd movie, if you haven't seen that one. Paul Rudd is freaking hysterical in it. Um, she did look who's talking as well. I used to love that when I was a kid. I never saw that. underrated John Travolta, Bruce Willis as the voice of a baby, uh, Kirstie Alley. It's really good stuff. So Amy Heckerling. Awesome. Cameron Crowe, as you said. Yeah. Uh, he also did almost famous, which I think turned 20, like a couple days ago. Wow. Which is really good. Uh, and then say anything with John Cusack. So great stuff there. And then, so Sean Penn, uh, so, I said yes. And so I've seen uh, – Sean Penn's got a huge filmography. I haven't seen everything he's done, obviously. Uh, I've seen Mystic River and Milk, which were you know the two movies he's won Oscars for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to ask like most you know film savants if, if this would be in Sean Penn's Mount Rushmore, they'd probably say no, I'm assuming. The guy's been nominated for like five Oscars or some crazy amount like that. Um, but – this role is so iconic, Jeff Spicoli. I don't even know how many times I've said it on this episode already. Probably 18. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is so amazing, this role. So I, I got to put it with him. But, and yeah, everyone else, Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee, she's really good in The Hateful Eight. Did you ever see Hateful Eight? 
I didn't. No, I I was I've been meaning to watch that actually, but it's a good movie. It's very long, but it but it's uh really good, and she's great in that. And then Phoebe Cates, George Reinhold, Brian Backer, who plays Rat, and then Robert <laughs> Ramones, who plays Demone. Those two last guys, I feel like they didn't really do much else besides Fast Times, or at least nothing else really that noteworthy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would kind of surprise me actually, because I mean they were phenomenal in this, and I really they're great. Like, they're fun characters to kind of follow and go around with. So I would have expected you know some more opportunity or big opportunities really. Yeah, I feel like watching this. So Robert Ramones, especially who plays Demone, he's good. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're watching that guy, and you know the movie's made in 1982. He's a younger guy. I feel like you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be around for a long time. This guy's gonna like become the next whoever i don't know but he's yeah. really talented in this movie and i, I so thought that, kind of surprising. that i thought that i had seen him before like he, he looked familiar but like i i hadn't seen him in anything he's just got one of those faces <laughs> yeah that's it there's, there's something about your face <laughs> there's something i can something do your... <laughs> <laughs> yes oh Love my god that's fantastic all right so a, a ton of yeses for um, really everyone in, in this film. So we always end off with the, what we like to call legacy. So, uh, Brett, what, what is the, what is the legacy of fast times at Ridgemont high? So I, I, uh, have four words really. Well, five, if you include the, the and, but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like when you (laughs) say that, when you say that phrase and you want to tie it back to a movie, I don't know how it doesn't come back to this movie. I mean, it touches on all of those things. It's all about sex. The One of the main characters is a huge stoner, mm-hmm. and his personality is around smoking weed. And the rock and roll, it's very music-heavy. Like, the soundtrack is great. One of the characters is selling tickets to Van Halen and Cheap Trick <laughs> and, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, you know, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's just like a... It, it depicts that that era, that scene, incredibly well. Um, so that that's really it for me, honestly. I mean, it's such a great high school movie. I know we talked about you know where it ranks and everything. I know when we did Ferris Bueller, I think we had a question of you know where does Ferris Bueller rank mm-hmm. on the hierarchy of high school movies, and I had Fast Times on there for me too. Fast, uh, but I mean, it's certainly up there. I don't know if it's if it's number number one, number three, number six. I don't know. I'd have to go back to the drawing board, but uh, one of the greatest high school movies out there, but in terms of just what its themes are and what its themes represent, sex, drugs, and rock and roll for me. Yeah. I I mean, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said and you know, the high school movie is, that's the big legacy. I didn't put this on when we were talking about Ferris Bueller, like you mentioned, because I hadn't seen this movie at the time, but yeah. Um, I, I still recognize that it was like an iconic high school movie. So, um, but that puts it there for me. And, and when I kind of thought about this movie, it was like, you know, a non-musical version of Greece. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like kind of like sleazeball hookups. Like it, the premise is not the same. It, it's, it's very different, but it's like, I had the same feeling of, watching these two where it's like got a nostalgia combined with like just the high school troublemakers. Um, I don't know. I I would say like, if you were going to go back and watch like 
two or three high school movies, you'd have to put both of those on your list. I've never heard a comparison between Fast Times and Grease before. I mean, they're very different Hot movies, take. but it, it it's... I, I don't want to compare it in the way that it's like that it that the plot unfolds and everything like that, but it's just that 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 feeling that I have when watching them is is actually pretty similar. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, we we both agree though. This movie is one of the great high school movies at the end of the day, um, and it's just freaking hilarious. I think really above and beyond. Like it's it's raunchy. It's very clever. Um, the soundtrack is great. As we said, the acting is actually really good. Uh, we see all these, all these stars in the making early on in their careers who go off to become legends. And it's like, you watch it now and you're like, Oh my God, this guy's in that movie. Uh, I'm going to have to send you the clip. I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you just search like Nick Cage, <laughs> fast times at Ridgemont high, I'll bet you could find it. Okay, but, I'll send uh, you the Nick Cage interview that we were talking about earlier. Yes. Wait, what did, what did you say again? I, I am the top. <laughs> yeah, something like, I set the bar. <laughs> oh. Dude, that's a really good impression. I'm not kidding. That's really good. That's really good at it. I'm going to practice Seriously. and just listen to myself talk Nick Cage Please. all night. It's really good. All right. Uh, Adam, anything else to add about Fast Times? No, that's it. Uh, Just go watch it. It's incredible. Yes. Go watch it. Uh, Listeners, thanks so much. Until next time, take care.